and actually just turn the turn the fucking TV off, throw it away. It's a load of shit. Mm-hmm. Don't watch television. Um, and when you when you do that and you start uh, focusing on the high, higher states of the mind, like through meditation. Harnessing energy from our star is a fundamental human right, and we have turned sunlight into a universal source of basic income. Through Sun Exchange, anyone can buy solar cells and lease them to commercial-scale solar energy projects in the sunniest cities on the planet to earn solar-powered money. We started in South Africa, where there's plenty of sunshine and an ever-increasing demand for electricity. We are streaming monetized African sunshine around the world. And that is a quote from Abraham Cambridge, founder and CEO of Sun Exchange. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our guest for today. And this is another episode of the Grey F podcast, where we discuss business, technology, finance, relationships, lifestyle design, and all things productivity related. This is where I talk with people who are walking the talk and have skin in the game. No BS. And this is episode number 97, and we're getting closer to 100 uh, episode, and I'm really looking forward to that. If you're listening to the Craft Podcast for the first time, I definitely recommend that you uh, go down the list and find uh, some of the podcasts that we have done before. Uh, we have had a lot of incredible uh, guests here uh, and discussed very different topics. Uh, so you can just you know look it up and pick and choose what you like and what you would like to you know to learn more about the concept here is just about learning from people who are actually doing it so without further ado i will introduce you to my podcast episode with abram cambridge enjoy mm-hmm. so i think let's start with uh, an introduction mm-hmm. for some people who don't know what yeah. Sun Exchange okay, is and who don't know who Abram is. And, cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, let's take it from there. Okay. Uh, so you, uh, I mean, if you meet someone at the event or at a coffee shop downstairs, how do you, do you introduce yourself usually? Are we recording now? Yes. Okay. Hi. So yeah, I'm Abe Cambridge. I'm the founder and CEO of the Sun Exchange. And the Sun Exchange is a marketplace where anybody in the world can purchase a solar panel and have it leased to a commercial or industrial solar project. Um, And the user of that solar panel in that project gets to benefit from zero upfront cost solar power. And as they use the solar panels, the rental payments they're paying for using those solar panels gets distributed back to the buyer of that solar panel. And that's paid in Bitcoin. So it's solar panel micro-leasing. Um, you could probably compare it to something like Uber or Airbnb. It's very cliche to do so, but effectively this is the solar panel sharing economy. Um, we identify empty roof spaces in emerging markets, starting in South Africa, um, of businesses, schools, hospitals that would benefit from clean energy, that want to go to solar powered, but they don't have the upfront capital. So we host those projects on our platform and invite people around the world to buy the solar panels for those projects. Um, Once the solar panels have all been purchased, the solar project goes ahead and gets installed and it runs for 20 years. So effectively someone sat in an apartment in London can now own a solar panel, sat on a roof on a factory in South Africa and earn a Bitcoin income stream for 20 years. So we call it solar powered money 
or monetizing sunshine. Mm-hmm. So you can visualize it that we're basically converting photons to electrons to crypto, and that's being streamed. So the, the ultimate vision is to build a solar-powered financial system that streams monetized sunshine around the world 24-7, 365. Right, so <laughs> that's how you introduce yourself at the coffee at the coffee shop. That's like a very good introduction. It depends where the coffee shop is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, so you now you you indistinguishable with solar right now because if everyone thinks of Ab, they think oh the solar guy. Yeah, well, I've I've been in the solar industry since two thousand and eight. So okay. um, my academic background is actually in climate change science. Right, and. The more I studied climate change, I did a master's degree in the science of climate change. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my first term, it's... Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's fucking horrifying. Honestly, it, it's actually... When you look at the, the, the risks to the planet of climate change, is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, acad- academics and scientists can't overplay it. They have to just present the facts, and that's what they're doing. And they're right. saying, like, 99% certainty that these things are going to happen. Um and then lobbyists from the oil industry, fossil fuel industry, just as they did with tobacco and seat belts, um, basically lobby governments to say, no, that, that 1% uncertainty is not enough for us to change the way the economy works. And therefore, we just keep going down this route of, of fossil fuel expo- exploitation. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, if we were to go to a solar powered future, that we can transition from that. Um, so I, I kind of recognize this during my master's degree that there's no point continuing looking at the problem of climate change because we know it exists. Mm-hmm. Let's start working on the solutions. Um, and, I, and I got into solar because I was studying how um, what, what the biggest environmental impacts of businesses and industries are. Um, and when I surveyed them and audited the university as part of my project, I realized that energy is the big thing. Mm. And so I started to do a, a feasibility study on how to solar power a local hospital, which is a big hospital. There's a big county hospital in, in the UK. And this is all in Britain, mind, yeah. uh, in 2007. And like the results of my studies were that, like, holy shit, this solar industry is about to happen. Like, when you look at the cost trajectory of the, the cost reduction in solar cells, mm-hmm. um, and you look at the, the subsidies that are about to be introduced into Britain, it was like, holy fuck, this is going to be a big thing. And you know, I, I, I remember I went to a music festival and I, and I, I saw an aeroplane like in the sky and it did a a loop the loop it's like a stunt plane and it just made me recognize that a hundred years ago there was no such thing as an airplane and today and now we've we've got a million people in the sky at any one time with wi-fi and caviar and like showers on planes in a hundred years and that's what we can achieve when we put our minds to it so within a hundred years we could theoretically have the whole planet solar powered and the technology was there, and it's about it is coming of age, so it really excited me. And it's like let's. I, I went back to my university, completed my dissertation really quickly because I just wanted to get out of the way, and I then got a job as a solar panel installer. Um, and my my first job in the solar industry in two thousand eight was stripping a roof of concrete tiles and replacing them with solar tiles, mm-hmm. like actual solar powered tiles. And this is a product that Tesla announced a year ago. Then and I was installing them 10 years ago. So right. it kind of shows like I, I've been in the solar industry since before it was a, a big industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think fundamentally, though, I've been, always been cognizant of the fact that the, the, the incumbent financial system, mm-hmm. which is basically the petrodollar, 
like investing in fossil fuels, exploiting them, um, cheap, abundant fossil fuels, and in increasingly more environmentally damaging ways, such as shale oil, tar sands, and hydraulic fracturing. Um, the banks that the crypto sector set out to disrupt. Um, I'm sure we're all familiar with the, the, the genesis block of the Bitcoin blockchain yeah. because in that block was the record of uh, the Times article in the 3rd of June saying that the be- there's going to be another bailout of the banks which has been approved. Um, and that was when Bitcoin was, was launched. To, to, so, and that in the genesis block was that record of the banks are being disrupted because it's a, it's a broken system. Mm-hmm. Let's build something that's better and more elegant. As anyone who's into Bitcoin is kind of aware of that, it's, it's, let's build a new, more distributed, fairer, elegant financial network but whilst the banks that were being set out to be disrupted are still investing in fossil fuels they're still succeeding and they're still winning yes because they're making huge amounts of profit sourcing and burning fossil fuels and that's what they're still exploring so banks like the royal bank of scotland was actually one of the main banks that was bailed out in britain 42 billion pounds worth of taxpayers money was bailed in to that bank like wow. it's not even a bailout it's a bail in yeah 42 billion pounds put into that bank to prop it up, public money. And then a year later, that bank, under public ownership, paid themselves bonuses of one billion pounds whilst reporting losses of 1.1 billion pounds in the same year, a year after they were bailed out with public money. Um, And since then, banks like the Royal Bank of Scotland have been going around the world funding hydraulic fracturing, causing climate change, basically financing climate change. Mm And this is the, still the same system. So whilst cryptocurrency is amazing, it's a breakthrough, whilst we're still using fossil fuels, that side is still winning. Climate change is still happening. Right. We've still got that broken system operating and succeeding. Um, let's build a solar-powered financial system, one that's backed by solar power, like the resource that's cleanly and abundantly available from the sky from anywhere on Earth. Right. That's generating value. We now have silicon chips that convert that into not only to energy but into money, which can be transferred around the world. So I, I guess this is a very long-winded introduction, <laughs> but at least it basically shows you what, what, what the kind of the philosophy is behind Sun Exchange. Mm. We're about transitioning the world to a, a solar-powered economy, um, one that is solid-state, silicon-based, to generate economies of abundance for all. Right, man, you just blew my mind. Um, and I never thought of the relationship to, uh, between, say, money or, you know, the current financial system. Mm. I Obviously, I knew that it's linked to, you know, the, uh, the fossil fuels and all the other stuff that these guys do. But I never thought of, like, you know, with Bitcoin, as long as we're not running on solar energy we're pretty much playing the same game exactly that. if yeah. you're if you're if you're into crypto because you're trying to okay you can be into crypto because you want to make money yeah. and speculate fine great mm-hmm. everyone you know everyone everyone can do that but if you're into because you understand the principles and the fundamentals of it that's that's like that's when you're a true bitcoiner when you when right. you really know what this is actually all about like we're building a new financial network mm-hmm. one that's decentralized uh, beyond the beyond the scope of being Manipulated or, or, or bailed out by by bad decisions. Because if you mm-hmm. if you if you're running a program or you're running a business that fucks up, don't go crying to mummy and daddy when it breaks and ask them yeah. to, to to bail you out like the banks did. Um, 
which forces future generations and into, effectively into poverty because the, because of inflation of this free money that's being produced. You can't do that with Bitcoin, and that's the principles of it. Um, but whilst you're still running Bitcoin mines using fossil fuels or not running your home on on solar power, then you're kind of still supporting the 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 other the other system, the old yes. the old network. Right. If you want to join the new network, you've got to be into crypto and solar. But here's, but here's the catch. Most people in the world can't own solar panels because they live in apartments, they live in informal settlements, mm-hmm. they can't afford the hardware for a whole solar plant, or they live somewhere where solar power is suboptimal, like Scotland or, or northern parts of Europe, mm-hmm. other, other northern parts of Europe. So what the Sun Exchange is here to do, and is doing, because we've got six operating solar plants running already, owned by our membership now in 90 countries around the world, is at the click of a button, somebody can out now own a solar panel on a, someone's, someone else's roof anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. And due, because of the wonderful aspects of Bitcoin being this transnational, borderless, frictionless payment system, which is what it was built for, mm-hmm. you can now own a solar panel on a roof somewhere else in the world and have payments distributed to you frequently in microscopic amounts, which means that we can now break down owning a solar plant down to a single solar cell mm-hmm. before to go solar meant owning a whole system mm-hmm. and now through sun exchange you can own a cell within a system right so within units of ten dollars or less than 100 rand and even our most recent project was 57 rand mm-hmm. um per cell before you'd have to have had what four hundred thousand rand to put system to put yeah. a system on your on your on your roof um, if you're a business, maybe less if you're a homeowner. But basically, that's three orders of magnitude now lower cost point of entry to owning a solar panel. Right. Um, so you could be living in an informal settlement and now with 57 rand own a slice of a solar panel that's generating you income. Right. And that's really what this is setting out and is, and is doing. Okay, so... It's one thing when someone can buy, I can buy solar from here, get it installed in Kylie Chip, mm-hmm. someone use it, and they, I get some payments from it. That's awesome. So, well, the, the same. The, the solar panels aren't installed, they're, they're installed in um, commercial and industrial oh, projects. Okay, that was just an example. Okay. Yeah, so I can get it installed in a hospital in Kylie Chip, I yeah. get paid from it yeah. over time. That's awesome. And for someone who now wants to, who is in. Uh, in no- northern northern Europe, mm-hmm. I suppose they can do the same. But what are so now? This is just a question to the solar industry. Mm-hmm. To, to areas that are so cold, they don't really they cannot really harness the sun energy as much. What is what would be the solution to those kind of places? If you're in Scotland, if you're in Scotland, you you harness the resource which is abundant to you. Mm-hmm. So in Scotland, they've got an abundance of wind, and they've got abundance of wave. Right. And I think Scotland has now got probably the, one of the largest proportions of wind power in terms of their energy grid than anywhere else on Earth. They've just installed the largest offshore wind farm, okay. floating wind farm, offshore off Scotland. It's like gigawatts of, of wind power. So they shouldn't be trying to harness the sun. You, know, you don't put a winter... You don't, you don't go... Um, if you're, if you're a, a lumberjack mm-hmm. and you're into forestry... You don't go to the Sahara Desert and going hunting for trees. Yes. You go to where there is forests. Yeah. So um, if you want to harness solar energy, don't put them in Scotland. Put them in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a climate mitigation perspective, which is how I got into all of this, um, like the embodied carbon, like the amount of greenhouse gases 
yeah. produced per kilowatt hour in South Africa's grid that's mainly coal powered is about one kilogram of carbon dioxide per kilowatt hour, which is more than double that of England. And likewise, a solar panel installed in South Africa produces twice as much electricity mm-hmm. as that solar panel would whilst installed in England. Okay, twice. Twice as much electricity. Wow. And therefore, a solar panel installed in South Africa saves four times the carbon emissions, mm-hmm. offsets four times the greenhouse gas emissions than the same solar panel would if it was installed in the UK. And there's, there's more solar panels in the UK than there is in South Africa right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a map of the electrical grids of sub-Saharan Africa, I think that you'll find that very, very, very small proportion of people are even connected to the grid. There's 650 million people who can't access electricity at all. Oh, wow. And so you know, to connect the, the 650 million Africans that don't currently have access to utility electricity is going to take decades mm-hmm. if you're doing it in the old-fashioned way sure. of building a centralised power station and networking it all out and building it all. And in, that, in, that, in those decades, people living in rural areas get frustrated of not having access to electric, electricity mm-hmm. and not having telecommunications, spending all their income on burning kerosene, which is terrible for, for one's health, and then moving to cities, joining in informal settlements and townships because they're seeking electricity and they're seeking everything that the modern world provides. Yes. And that just adds to the problem of urban migration and Kalicha expands and expands and expands. Um, so the solution, therefore, is, and this is where solar power comes in, is that solar power is now the cheapest form of electricity on Earth where there is sunlight available mm-hmm. and it's also the quickest, most readily deployable. So we're working with a company called Powerhive in Kenya, and they are building microgrids that connect rural villages, about 200 homes at a time, to a 100% solar-powered microgrid, and they build these in a month. And they've got 20 running already, and they've got 10,000 sites lined up. And so you're now electrifying, and there's eight people per home in these villages. Mm -hmm. So you're now, we can now, together, everyone, through Science Exchange, directly with Powerhive, can now electrify tens, hundreds of thousands of people with solar power cleanly and more affordably mm. um, and a much faster time scale than waiting for fossil fuel thermal generation power stations to connect them. Right. Um, so the kind of the, the acceleration for the electrification of Africa can happen through solar power and it also means that Africa can develop sustainably and without contributing to global greenhouse gas emissions with the benefit, the added benefit of not then being in the pocket of fossil fuel companies who can just will increase in, increase the price of fuel sure so once you own solar yeah, hardware you, you, that's interesting what you said there because the price of fuel increases over time yeah whereas the cost of solar has been decreasing it's fixed oh, I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about the uh, the bill that you pay when you using the solar panel but like just the cost of solar itself yeah over so, the years is increasingly decreasing yeah so the cost of a solar cell now mm-hmm. you're talking probably around I actually lose track because it's it's so cheap. In fact, the cost of a whole solar plant mm. per co- per watt now is around probably around ninety US cents a watt, right? Or maybe around you know about ten or eleven rand a watt. What would your audience understand? Dollars or rand more? Ah, uh, rand more. Okay, so I'm yeah. gonna, I think just to make it more global, let's yeah. use dollars. Okay, so I mean, yeah, the cost of a solar plant now is around ninety US cents per watt, mm-hmm. um, and that's for the whole plant, fully installed with labor, copper yeah. wiring, inverters, mounting systems, the works. Yeah. Um, what was that like two years ago? So, How much? Was well, that? I'll talk about when I first started in the mm-hmm. industry, two thousand and eight. 
you're talking like six dollars a watt. Oh, no, wow. maybe, maybe more than that because that was pounds, like ten dollars a watt. So basically, it's now a, a, a tenth of the cost mm-hmm. in ten years. But I don't foresee that that increasing to another tenth in another ten years because the 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 real cost reductions have come from the efficiencies of manufacturing solar panels sure. um, and the silicon wafers in those panels. Um, and that has now kind of reached a, a st- it's like a, it's now plateaued. Right. It's getting gradually gradually cheaper over time, but n- mm-hmm. not not as exponentially as it was. Yes. Um, and the rest of the solar plant is still other materials, which the, those costs don't really come down, like copper mm-hmm. and aluminium and semiconductors and the inverters, and of course labour. Those costs can't really come down. It just comes down to economies of scale. Yeah. Um, so I, one of the one, one of the biggest ob- like objections people often cite when they're considering going solar is I'm not going to do it now I'm going to do it in 10 years time when it's cheaper and there's a better system available but that's the equivalent of saying I'm not going to buy a laptop because there's going to be a better one in 10 years time so I'm going to not have a laptop and not use it for 10 years and not be connected to the internet for 10 years because there's going to be one available which is just a a bonkers philosophy because you need to be able to utilize that today and actually there's no breakthrough technology in solar on the horizon there's only ever a certain amount of sunlight available to convert to electricity. It doesn't matter how good your solar panel is, there's only that much sunlight. Right. You can only capture that much, and that's if it was 100% efficient. So you've got two kilowatts per square meter maximum on Earth. Yeah. So you can have a 100% efficient solar panel if you want. What you've got essentially then is a black hole, because nothing can escape from it. Yeah. So you don't really want a black hole on Earth, but that's what 100% efficient solar panel is. Um, but even then, you're still only getting two kilowatts per, per square meter. Right. So, <laughs> so, so it's like there's no breakthrough. It's just like let's do it now, and not like you, like you said that the curve the curve now is a little, is is at a constant yeah, level. Yeah. Now is the best time to go solar. The, yeah. It's now affordable. It's better than grid price electricity. And the more people do it now, the, gra- the gradually cheaper it will become, enabling more and more people to do it. If you wait for it to become even cheaper, you've basically just been exposing yourself to higher costs in the interim. Yeah. So there's there's an opportunity cost of waiting, and that people often don't factor that in. So. You know, the concept of solar in, gen- in general, it's really interesting. Right now, people are more um, in tune with the concept of climate change. Um, nobody wants to be part, that part of history right now. A lot of people, at least. We're the, we're the, the last generation yeah. of humans that can do anything about climate change. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we're also the first ones to be really aware of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, and uh, you know, I, I consider myself a millennial. Mm-hmm. Like I'm probably an elder millennial, but I, I am. I was born in in, in that window, um, and basically, we're now cleaning up the baby boomers' mess. Yes. And when I speak to baby boomers, they have a completely different philosophy, completely different mindset. Absolutely. They just think numbers, business, growth, that, mm-hmm. and it pisses me off because we're the people inheriting this planet, and our children are going to be subjected to the the environmental consequences of basically what the baby boomers did through over-exploitation of resources. Um, so we now have to be much more aware of where we're spending our money, where we're investing our money, mm-hmm. and the resources that we're consuming. Um, so, for example, I, if I can choose my electricity provider, which in England you can because yep. it's not a state-owned monopoly like it is oh, in South Africa. Oh, wow, I didn't yeah. know that. So you can choose your electricity provider, and there are 100% renewable energy electricity providers. So you can switch... But in South Africa, you, you've got ESCOM or no one unless yeah. you buy solar panels. Yes. That's the only way you can get electricity without going through ESCOM is through owning solar so panels. So at that point you said is very interesting. My point mm. was that, you know, solar gives you, it's the idea that, you know, you can con- 
completely control your uh, your energy. It's, it's, a, it's the democratic form of energy. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you don't have to pay any utility bills if no. you own the. the it's, it's a piece of hardware. Exactly. It's just install. a piece of electrical equipment mm-hmm. that you own, and it does stuff for you because it's yours. But now, uh, when I'm traveling, I've seen some people trying to install solars, you know, on, in their homes privately. How much energy, or how much really? Would you need to invest to run a home completely at a solar okay, grid so that you don't need you any t- extra? What kind of home are you talking about? Is this is this a, a middle class home? Let's okay, say. Yeah. middle class home. You probably need around four kilowatts of solar panels. Right. That's now you're running hundred percent on solar. Yeah. Every day. Exactly. Well, you in probably, Africa, say yeah, four four kilowatts will probably give you enough electricity. It depends what you're using. If you've got like air conditioning units or underfloor heating or whatever. Okay. Let's see. But, let's say your home. Okay. My, I think. Your home probably around four or five kilowatts. Right. I think that would be a, a suitable size system for a modest home. Okay. Um, and I, th- I think the point is, though, that it doesn't matter where your solar panels are. You just put them where they're most optimized. Right. And the problem with putting them on your own home is that most people are out during the daytime. You know, you're at work. Mm-hmm. Your kids are at school. Um, so all the solar panels, when they're on peak production, like middle of the day, mm. there's no one at home using the electricity. So unless you've got a storage system implemented, then that electricity is being wasted. And in right. South Africa right now, you can't export the power and get paid from it in a reasonable... You can in Western Cape, but only you don't get paid the, the true value of that electricity. You're basically paying to export it. So it's kind of unfortunate. Um, but think of what businesses and industries... The, the, as businesses start operating in the daytime, their kind of energy demand is the same pattern as the electrical output of a solar panel. Yes. So if you are a homeowner, you might as well, you're better off putting solar panels on the roof of a factory um, and they're there for 20 years. Because if you put solar panels on your own home, you may not be there for 20 years. Yes. You may move in five years' time and you don't own your solar panels anymore because they're tied to the home. Mm-hmm. So you, you're better off putting solar panels somewhere they're there for good, like on the roof of a hospital or a school that's going to be there for 100 years into the future. Yeah. Put them there and you've got 100% guaranteed, 100% offtake of your energy. Um, and you're then still getting economically incentivized that you're still earning money from owning the solar panels that are being leased to that that to that project right um, and you're still contributing to the environmental I mean the environmental benefits of owning a solar panel mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where your solar panel is on earth if you're if you're offsetting carbon reductions you're offsetting carbon reductions if you're saving kilowatt hour it doesn't matter if you're saving kilowatt hour from your own home or from a factory yes it's one the planet is one so it's, it's a closed system. For a lot of people would be asking, like, okay, they understand what you're doing with it. You know, you install solars on businesses, hospitals, schools, whatsoever. And then if... Just just to get clear, we don't do the installing. We mm-hmm. use a network of installation companies that okay, do the Okay, sure. Yeah. But you do the crowdfunding. We're, we're, we're the marketplace. We're like right. the... With the marketplace that brings together all the stakeholders. So the person that wants to own a solar panel... Mm-hmm to the person who wants to use a solar panel, to right. the person that wants to install that solar panel. Sure. We just connect the three stakeholders. And this all happens through your website. Yeah. If I want to, ins- to install a solar panel, I'm pretty much just buying a, um, a cell within the fund that you guys created. Yeah, it was not a fund. Yeah. It's absolutely not. It's a it's a project-by-project project platform. Oh, yeah, I need, I need a new to explain Yeah, that. yeah. So it's, it's definitely not a fund. You specifically put... Um, you're specifically buying a solar panel through the sunexchange.com. Okay, so let's let's break it down in yeah. layman well, terms. Yeah, I will. I'll go through the process of actually how it works. Okay, sure. So you go to the sunexchange.com, mm-hmm. you purchase a solar panel, and you choose which project that solar panel is leased to. 
So it's kind of like eBay, you know, there's a certain number of products available for each project and you buy a solar panel for each project you want to own a solar panel on. Okay. Um, you basically can buy it in a, with a credit what card. Are the, what are the differences in terms of, like, are you looking at which one is going to be more efficient or is it just a matter of a social economic um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blend, really. Um, we, we've created our own cryptocurrency called SunX, which is a, a, a gamified rewards token. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a bit of banging out there. Uh, so, so we've created our own um, currency called SunX, which is a, um, a gamified rewards program. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been built specifically so that people are incentivized to put solar panels on lots of different types of project. So they're not just seeking out the most financially advantageous, um, which will often be like large scale industrial projects, whereas schools are probably less less ad- advantageous financially but they've got a greater social impact yes. so we're now creating our own currency we have it's now out you can even buy it through our ICO called SunX and the more SunX you own the cheaper the solar panels become to buy but you get more SunX by buying into things like schools in microgrids right. than you would do for a factory so people are now incentivized to accumulate SunX through diversifying their, their solar panels on, across that okay so project. the decision that you have to make when if I buy uh, solar from you guys on, on the platform. So if I'm choosing which projects to invest in, yeah. those are going to be the things that I have to keep in the back of my mind. Whether I own Sonix coins, yeah. Well, basically, the more Sonix you've got, the cheaper solar panels are to get to buy. Oh, okay. But you you earn Sonix through using the platform, and right. you earn more Sonix by buying into projects which are more social has more social impact. Okay. So do, do those projects output different in terms of return? Every single project has got a slightly different return. Right, um, and because they all have slightly different energy economics, uh, I mean, ultimately, you're just earning from the amount of electricity your solar panel produces, mm-hmm. and each project is in a different location in the country or around the world, and the user of that electricity produces um, is going to use one hundred percent of the energy produced, but this, all the project sizes are different, so there's different economies of scale. Yeah. Um, so to put it into context, our biggest project is around sixty rand a cell. But the electricity is being sold for less, or so the, the least cost is l- less. Let's just make it clear out there for people listening. Okay. So you can invest in this with even 60 rand. You can buy a solar panel you can buy in, solar in panel. units of 60 rand yes. and lease them to projects in units of 60. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what you guys do, you have, I'm just trying to break it down for an average person sure. who probably don't understand this kind of crypto like uh, economics. Okay. Yeah. So you have a huge project. Uh, what you're doing is more like you crowdfund a it's, project it's, in a way. It's it's crowdsourcing. It's not crowdfunding because crowdfunding um, means you're you are creating a fund and there's going to be equity ownership and right. and someone's managing it. But actually, this is uh, this is a micro. So it's like I'm buying a, a, a little piece. And That's I right. give it to you. It's, I get it to you guys. It's, it's micro leasing. Yes. You're leasing the solar panel, that you, the solar cell that you mm-hmm. buy through the platform to a project. And I own and that I, solar you, cell. You own that solar cell, and you're getting paid for the electricity your solar cell produces. Right. And we record how much electricity it produces, and we're paying that to you for how long am I for twenty paid? years? For twenty years. Yeah. So if I I get a hundred rand, I buy a cell for a hundred rand from from the platform, I'll be getting paid. For 20 years through yeah. that. And we target between a what works out to be a 10 to 15% return. Obviously, that's an estimate, mm-hmm. and there's no guarantees, but that estimate is based on the forecast electrical production right. of that solar cell and the forecast value of that electricity. So it's no different to the calculations you would do when working out the return of solar panel in your own home. Yes. 
apart from this is done in such a way that the projects are bigger and more reliable and and on with more social impact. And I get paid in Bitcoin. And so you, I could also you can, speculate. You can right? get paid in Rand mm-hmm. or you can get paid in Bitcoin. Right. But most of our customers choose Bitcoin because it's a really neat way of starting to accumulate Bitcoin without investing in Bitcoin. Right. Because a lot of people feel they've missed the boat in Bitcoin or it's too high risk to buy Bitcoin and the next day it goes down by 5% and people get scared and they panic sell and they've lost 5% in it overnight. Right. But through Sun Exchange, you're buying a solar panel and every month you earn an amount of Bitcoin paid into your Bitcoin wallet. Right. Regardless of what the Bitcoin price is, you get that amount worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. And it's just paid over 20 years and it accumulates. And that basically means because it's transnational, anyone in the world can now earn from the platform because we're using a single currency to transact with the whole planet. So you're an, you know, you're a Scientologist. No? A Scientologist? <laughs> no, I'm not a Scientologist. Okay. No. Then, uh, you mean like the religion? Yeah. No, no I'm not a Scientologist. No. Okay, interesting. Well, what religion do you... Do I'm, my religion is Psytrance. What is that? Um, it's, uh, a, a, I guess, it, you could akin it to um, the fact that the universe is actually music. It's a okay. performance. It's, sim- it's a symphony um, that's probably playing in someone's mind somewhere in another dimension. Oh, okay, I think a lot of I find that a lot of climatologists are Scientologists, just from my observation. Okay, That's no, no, I don't. I don't subscribe to any f- organized formal religion, right? Because it's just someone's story, and it's someone's uh, it's someone's fairy tale with characters involved. Um, they may have very good morals behind them, but when mm-hmm. people take them too seriously, it creates problems Absolutely. because people get, people get too carried away with it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be offending a lot of people right now, <laughs> but um, ultimately, you've got lots of groups of people each claiming that their version of their, their story is, is the, the correct truth. one and the yeah. truth, and that causes arguments and friction, and yeah. there can be an excuse to, to fight with one another, and that sucks. Um, when ultimately, we are all one giant family. Mm-hmm. We did evolve. We did come from planet Earth. What the universe evolved from, I don't know. Um, but also, what consciousness is now? That is that. That's the that's the interesting question. Right. Because what 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 our consciousness when you dream and what you're believing, what you're feeling, where what is thought and where does thought reside, and where do we go and we die? And these are questions which um, are beyond our our human understanding right now. Um, and trying to break it down to saying. Well, when you die, you go to heaven, and God made us. It's quite—it's massively oversimplified. Mm-hmm. Um, the complexity of the universe is so great. Um, there are almost certainly multiverses and other dimensions which we, some people can interact with and observe. Um, and it's—it's it's like our civilization, our ability to understand and model, has now made obsolete some understandings of how the universe was thought to operate. Well, what was your like when you were growing up? Did you? go through phases in terms of understanding the universe or religion or what Um, what ended up creating this mindset of yours to this point in terms of like what you think about what religion is or spirituality Um, I think I've I've often been into sci-fi right Um, but I guess it's through like psychedelic experiences right Um, through uh, meditation um, through dance and um, and ob- and obviously um, active compounds which are natural or have been discovered to activate high levels of, of consciousness and the brain um, 
which which reveals elements of yourself and the mind and the universe which are otherwise invisible and that most people are oblivious to. Um, so, for example, psilocybin um, is a something that's been used throughout the whole of human history, um, which has been used by by shamans and through all, all sorts of other people throughout every tribe in the world has, has can access these higher states of consciousness mm-hmm. through some means or another. Um, and when one uses these in, a, in, a, in the correct environment, they can be very, very, very useful tools for understanding yourself and the world around us. Mm-hmm. And, and without that, you're basically kind of locked in a prison. Because if you're just watching television, yes. that's like a, your brain is working in a certain mindset. Um, certain brain waves are being released, which are, I think they're called beta brain waves, which is basically almost like a, a dream state. It's basically like you're, you're basically not awake when you're watching TV. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're at your really brain, you're, exactly, you're basically you're just receiving, yeah. and most of the messages being received are actually atrocious. It's just like news, which is deliberately trying to scare you, yeah. adverts trying to make you feel um, insecure, yeah, insecure exactly. And actually, just turn the turn the fucking TV off, throw yeah. it away. It's a load of shit. Mm-hmm. Don't watch television. Um, and when you when you do that and you start. Um, focusing on the high, higher states of the mind, like through meditation and through through intended uh, through visions and um, through listening to good music, like music that makes you feel genuinely good, that's rich in, in right. quality, um, like psytrance. Listen to psytrance. Go to a trance party. Meet people and and experience what it's like to to open your mind to all the other richness of the universe around us. Um, and it, it, it will change your life. So let's get Pakistan exchange. Yeah. Now, this was an interesting uh, jump to all these other things. So how do you promise people 20 years of service? How do you make sure of that? And so, also, yeah. another question here, I had a, an interview with Joby Weeks. Oh, yeah, you've been to Joby Weeks? Yeah. Okay. So he, you know, he runs... Um, crypto mining. Yeah, 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 a crypto mining. He's one of service. our advisors. He was one of our earliest um, crypto investors. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. Uh, so he, they, what they do with the mining company, BitClub Mining, you can actually claim your mining rig if you want at a certain point. Uh, so could you just break down those two? Yeah. How do you promise it 20 years? Yeah. So the, so the, the lease of the solar panel is being, it's being leased to the end user for, on a 20-year lease contract. Mm-hmm. And if they stop paying the lease, they default on the lease and the solar plant can be removed um, and relocated. That's not, a, that's not the ideal situation. But ultimately, that we've, we've done some analysis on the user of the electricity to ensure that they're most likely to be using the electricity for the full 20 years because their mm-hmm. operation is going to last 20 years. Um, and if they don't use the solar plant, the alternative is the grid, and that's going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. So they're incentivized to use the solar panels because the electricity is always going to be cheaper. Right. So there's a preference for them to use it. And, you know, we're, and we're supplying electricity to schools that have been around for 100 years or factories that can be around for another 50 years because it's a tailor-made facility and that product is going to be needed for a long period of time. Um, so we're sort of hiring a, a tyre recycling factory. Now, even if we've gone fully electric vehicles, we're still going to need tyres and this factory is retreading tyres, so we know that's going to be around for a long time. And these, these are the kind of projects which you're leasing your solar panels to. Um, but ultimately, the... It is if there is a default on a lease, then the payments will stop, which is why we encourage our customers to put solar panels in multiple projects because then you're kind of mitigating that risk. risk yeah. if, if, if you put all your eggs in one basket and you're leasing all your solar cells to one project, mm-hmm. then, then if that, that's increased the risk of a default. 
uh, is hitting you. So uh, we would recommend our, our customers just putting a certain number of solar cells in each project that we do, mm-hmm. um, rather than putting a huge lump. Can, in can one I sell at least at some point if I want to? So the idea of the sun exchange is not just about this tra- transferring of value from the sun into people's wallets, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also about what happens when you have solar-powered money and you have these solar cells that you own, but it's essentially producing yield. And so whoever owns that solar cell gets that yield. Mm-hmm. Um, so it becomes a kind of like a, a yield-based monetary instrument. Now, this is kind of, we haven't really started doing this yet, but there could be a secondary market. So if you own a solar cell, um, you could sell it to somebody else through a secondary marketplace and they would pay you for the, the value left in that solar yes. cell. How that's calculated, we're yet to decide whether we do it at the market price or whether we determine it based on its forecast value. Um, but ultimately, I'd say in the next 12, 24 months, there will be a secondary marketplace on the Sun Exchange where you can transfer the ownership of your solar cells to somebody else uh, in a a, a secondary marketplace. Um, How how that's going to work, we we don't know because we've got more important things to be worrying about right now, Mm -hmm. like getting enough solar cells in operation so that there is liquidity in that marketplace. Obviously, there's no point just having a a listing of one or two cells because that's not a market. That's Mm -hmm. just a, that's basically a a, a gum tree. Um, (laughs) But, but you you moved uh, to, uh, from London to here. No, I started here. You, oh, and you, you yeah. started, but it makes sense why? Because you know we have more, we can harness I more was, solar energy. Here. I was working the solar industry for five years in the UK, mm. and then the government pulled the subsidy, the market collapsed, and they ah. realised the market was artificial. Yeah. And I moved here in 2014, mm-hmm. and, I, and I looked out the window. I moved here for the, I moved here for the solar industry. Right. But when I got here, I looked out the window. We're here in the city bowl in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And you look out the window, and there was no fucking solar panels in sight. And it's just like this is the city basking in sunlight. Yeah. Well, even in the winter, the sunlight here is about as strong as in England in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no solar panels on the roofs, and the reason why there aren't solar panels on roofs is because a fairly immature solar industry. Um, the projects to get solar panels installed on roofs of factories are slightly too small for project finance um, and businesses aren't willing to use their own capital but there are no specialised tailor-made bespoke finance products to get to allow businesses to go solar with no upfront cost Mm -hmm. which is what businesses in the UK can do Um, but that didn't exist in South Africa and most banks aren't willing to invest in those projects but that that was an interesting model though yeah so Sun Exchange is built specifically to close this funding gap for commercial industrial projects in South Africa. Right, so and, you can install solars without anything else. Exactly, and the, and, right. the, and the trick was connecting, was bit this platform, like the crowdfunding phenomenon had started, like mm-hmm. Indiegogo, Crowdcube, uh, uh, Lending Club, all these kind of things, like these crowdsource platforms. Um, at the same time, cryptocurrency was coming of age in 2014. Mm-hmm. You know, it was post-2013 bubble, People had understood what this network can do. It was being used around the world. There was two cryptocurrency exchanges here in South Africa, Ice3x and Luno, mm. that were working in, in Liquid. And it's like, holy shit, we can now... But if you merge solar panel ownership with a kind of crowdfunding model with Bitcoin, you now have this mechanism through which anybody in the world can own a solar panel on a project. Mm-hmm. And so I set out to build Sun Exchange, and it took me about a, a year and a bit to sort of model what, how it would look like. Then I launched it on Indiegogo to raise money to start it. Uh, three months later, I'd built the prototype at thesunexchange.com, got the first project online at the Stellenbosch Waldorf School, which has now been running for two years. Mm-hmm. That was the world's first cryptocurrency-funded solar plant. There are kids at the age of eight in that school who own solar panels on their own roof of their oh, own wow. school, that's, that's powering their own education and are earning Bitcoin and will do so for 20 years. And those are kids. Yeah. 
That, um, that, you know, that's just how mind blowing. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> see, so in Africa, I mean, South Africa got solar. I mean, got power. Obviously, a lot of sun. Mm. But in Africa, in other African countries, is so much even better than, than here. Mm. But there you have. I was traveling Africa, like I told you. I just came back on, on last Friday. In other countries, you have a serious power problem where you can't even connect to the government grid. It's just so unreliable. Uh, I was in Malawi recently, and you had power trips three times a day. So you would have maybe three or four hours a day with power out of the 24 mm. hours. So yeah. you see, those are the, the places also that really needs uh, your solution because now you can just install it yeah. and the people have no alternative. They can just use it yeah. and you know that it works. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you have any plans to we, go into What, what, what we need now mm-hmm. is solar projects. Like we've right. built the platform. We do have a number of partners that bring us solar projects, but mm-hmm. we're not getting them bought fast enough with customers that are ready to go. What we need is solar projects that have already been sized up um, with the cost known of what it's going to cost to build. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an oven-ready solar project with an end user that's willing to, to take the energy. Uh, we'll then come in, we'll just we'll check the project, we'll do the due diligence on the, on the design, um, and then we'll host it on our platform for the, for the world to, to buy solar panels for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, what we're calling for right now is solar project developers and solar installers that have got projects that just need funding, and then we, we'll put it on our platform. Right. How, how large must that project be? The project needs scale. to start at around a value of around $50,000 as a minimum. Right. Because it obviously takes us time and effort to, to onboard it. Mm-hmm. And typically that's the kind of the threshold where it, the economics start to make sense as well in right. terms of the project. And so that's that would be enough for a, for a medium-sized school or a large school um, or, or any form of industrial or commercial facility. Would That would be a base load of, of energy. Uh, the biggest system we've done to date is 450 kilowatts. That's being installed at the moment um, in, over in Blackheath, mm-hmm. um, here in Cape Town. And um, but the kind of the biggest project we'll do will probably at the moment be around a megawatt. Um, so we can, with the amount of capital we have available through our membership, we we could theoretically fund a megawatt a month uh, through the platform, which a megawatt is around a million dollars or mm-hmm. 14 million rand. So that's the kind of the upper threshold of the size of the project. But any project from 50 kilowatts, or if it's a microgrid, maybe 20 kilowatts to with storage up to yeah. a megawatt, those are the projects that we can fund. And it can be if it's if it's oven ready with a customer that wants to go ahead, but they yeah. don't have the money with a system that's been sized up, we will check it. We could get that live and constructed in two months. Oh, wow. And doesn't so matter we'll, where we'll, it we'll, is. It'll take a month for us to raise the funds right. um, through selling the solar panels. And then a month to construct. So do you have geographical constraints? In so right now we're ready go? to go in South Africa. So anywhere in South Africa, any school, factory, hospital, um, yeah, fabrication center, right. whatever it is, if it uses energy and there's a customer that is, wants to go solar but doesn't want to use their own money to do it um, with a project that's been costed, we can do it instantly in South Africa. Awesome. Um, we are looking at projects in Kenya and Ghana. Um, Ghana particularly has is, is got a very high electricity cost, so that's a very interesting market. We are exploring projects there, but it's going to take us probably about a year or two to really get established because we need to get up bank accounts and get business, our business nodes set up in those regions. Yeah. Uh, but it is happening. It is, is in the works. Um, we just got contacted yesterday by a company that's built, wants to build a microgrid in DRC. Awesome project. We will do that. It, just oh, take, wow. it will just take time. Um, but of course, that project wasn't oven ready. Like it's still kind of speculative. So what we what we don't need is people coming to us saying, 
I've got an idea for a project to do this. Oh yeah. Like you know, that's that's not what we do. We need a like professional organisation say we've got this project. We need you. It, it's been developed. Yeah. The customer is on board. We know the system design. Here it is. It's costs. It's going to cost seven million rand. Go ahead and do it. And here it is. And then we'll punch it in our model. Work out what the electricity cost should be. Send, give a lease proposal to them. They'll go and present it to the customer. If they want to go ahead with it, sure. we'll we'll basically buy the system on their behalf and lease right. it to them. Awesome. Great, man. This was amazing. Cool. <laughs> I hope we do it again next time. Cool. For sure. Thank you. Yes. Hello once again, and that was the end of our conversation. And just before you go, just want to communicate a few things with you uh, quickly. If you have uh, enjoyed any of the podcast or this specific podcast episode, I would appreciate it if you share it with your friends and family through your social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc., etc., as well as write me a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcast app. That would be fantastic. It helps me flourish and sustain this podcast as well. Uh, we also on other platforms like SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher Radio, um, and all other major podcast platforms. So whichever way you're listening to it, I would appreciate it if you leave me a review. You can also subscribe to the Grey Podcast through my website, greyjabesi.com, G-R-E-Y-J-A-B-E-S-I.com. There you also find some of the blogs that I'm writing sometimes and you get notified as soon as the new episode has been published until next time enjoy and be productive thank you